0: You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 13, all about, you know, writing words good for people.
1: Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you lead with confidence and clarity. These are practical solutions for your ministry that you probably didn't learn in
0: seminary. Now, let's join your host, Seth News, who is certain that Han shot first. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Seth. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, and I have a special guest today. We're going to be talking about content strategy and copywriting. It's one of those things that the church has to do a lot of. But you never really hear a lot of people talk about how to do it better. It's just kind of done, and hopefully you have somebody good, and if you don't, you kind of struggle through it, whatever. There's actually a way to get better at it, and today's guest, Marguerite Andrews, is a content copywriter, a content strategist and copywriter for Word Revolution, and uh, she has so much insight to give us on this subject. So if you write church emails, if you have to write updates for a website, if you do a blog, if you simply have to write emails to your church people and to your elder boards or whatever your job is, uh, this is an important Episode to take notes and figure out what it is that we're doing because it's not just about like formulas for writing and things like that. It's about content strategy a lot because these two things go hand in hand. Today's show notes can be found at sethmuse.com/episode13. So it's the word episode and then the number thirteen. Episode thirteen can be you can find all the links and and books that we talk about in this episode and get to them. So we have a lot to cover. I'm gonna shut. Up so that we can get to the good stuff today. So, thanks for being here. And uh, if you would like to get the emails that I talk about from me, you can go to SethMuse.com and sign up for my email list there in the sidebar. I hope you would like it this week. We just celebrated having a hundred people on the, on the mailing list. I sent a Starbucks gift card to, to our hundredth member and then let everybody vote on what, how I would celebrate. And so I put it on video. It's on the website right now and you can go to sethnews.com and see what I did. So, uh, With that, I'm going to turn it over to the other Seth, who recorded a podcast with Marguerite Andrews about copywriting and content strategy. Hope you love it. Well, hey, everybody. Today on the podcast, I have a guest with me that I'm really excited to talk to about the art of content strategy and copywriting. Her name is Marguerite Andrews. Marguerite, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks. It's great to uh, be here, be included. I'm happy.
0: Well, good. I, I, I've met you just a few months ago because I've started dabbling in copywriting and called you up and you kind of were like, okay, here's everything you need to know. And <laughs> and have continued to help me to grow and learn how to do this better. And so I thought, man, churches just don't, have this side of what we do that we really stress. And so I thought, man, I got to get her on the podcast, talk about all this. So I'm glad you're here. Thanks for doing it.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, tell us, tell us a little bit about you, where you're at, where you're from, where you work, kind of how you got into this, just who all the round picture of who you are.
1: Sure. Um, I live in Lafayette, Louisiana, which is, um, pretty far away from, uh, where I would want to be. I'm a mountain girl, so (laughs) stuck in the swamp. It's not it's not really my uh my place, but um it works. So um I live here with my husband and my dog. And I work mainly as a content strategist and copywriter for an agency called Word Revolution. Um and Word Revolution pretty much does web design, marketing branding graphic design kind of anything within that creative agency parameter um and we like to work with churches and ministries first and foremost but we also end up doing a lot of other projects on the side not on the side they're not side projects sorry
0: (laughs) no i get (laughs) get
1: clients out there (laughs) no i get it it's like
0: hey we got people out here that that won't need work let's do it
1: yeah we got to feed people too
0: Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, great, and and so w- are you guys involved in ministry down and where you, wherever you're at, you guys have a church home. Oh uh, well,
1: our our whole team is digital, uh, freelance, and remote, and so we're kind of we're actually global. Um, we have a couple people in Argentina, um, one, two in Portugal. And then I think the remainder of us are kind of spread around the U.S. Our home office is in Annapolis, Maryland. So we've got a lot of different people going. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. That is very global.
1: <laughs> yeah. that's very
0: yeah. Uh, very 21st century of you.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well yeah. tell me about this. Uh, how did you get into content strategy and copywriting? And then we'll talk about what that is.
1: Uh, it was kind of an accident. <laughs> okay. Um, My background is in landscape architecture, and I did uh, residential garden design for a little while and then couldn't find any work there, so I went to my backup (laughs) plan, which was outdoor retail, uh, so kind of like REI. Worked at those kind of places for a long time. Okay. Um, and finally I reached out to, um, Barbara, who's the founder of word revolution, who's also actually my sister-in-law. So if you ever want to oh, talk about working, working with family, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I reached out to her and, and just said, Hey, I really don't want to do retail anymore. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any work for me? Cause I actually did uh, some freelance graphic design for her when I was in college, um, and I also used to write the worst blog articles ever for her and some of her uh, clients who were dentists and limousine company owners.
0: <laughs> oh, nice! Man, I yeah, I wish I'd known that. I might have said, "Hey, bring some of those." You could have read those.
1: Oh, oh no, I think they are <laughs> deep. I think they're like deep in the dark web. But we don't want to go there. <laughs> they're, they're
0: on your Zanga somewhere.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't want that.
0: <laughs> what um, Zanga said? Everybody under thirty.
1: Right, and so. Uh, <laughs> I know what's um, in my MySpace page. Um, so she she's just like, I just need a second second in command, um, and so she hired me for that technically. Um, and then my first web project, she was like, Hey, you want to write the content for this website, the software website? <laughs> oh
0: wow!
1: And I, you know, it's incredible technical, isn't it? I know. Yeah, not wanting to say no to your boss slash sister-in-law right after she's hired you. I just did it. Um, She sent me some, some guidelines and uh, helped edit. Um, But from there it just kind of took off.
0: Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about what content strategy and copywriting actually is. So can you give me like a definition or some kind of understanding of those things for our listeners and then maybe how they're alike or how they're different?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know, like the I don't know the technical definitions, but I'll give you mine.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's great.
1: Um, copywriting is pretty much creating the text around a service, product, or uh, ad, or anything in between those two things. Um, so that's kind of like on can, a
0: website, the you see that giant picture, and then mm-hmm. there's a headline written over it. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a little bit of something underneath that headline.
1: Right. Any, any text you see on a website, any text you see on a ad in a magazine, any text you, uh, um, find on Facebook ads or even on product labels, that's all copywriting. Okay. Um, content strategy in my mind and in my experience is, is being able to determine the big picture of a project, like a website or a marketing campaign, and what kind of copywriting needs to happen for the success of that project and where it needs to appear um, on the web or on a brochure or on packaging or ads or anything like that. And it's so hard because it's so it's such a gray area, I feel like, because you ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you ask why a lot. You don't ever, because if you're on the agency end and you have a client, you don't ever let them come in and say, we want this and this and this, and you're going to do that for us. If you're an agency that engages in content strategy or design strategy or anything strategy related, that's a red flag
0: Ah, Okay.
1: (laughs) because you, you want to be able to ask those people, you know, why, why do you think that's a good decision? And what are you basing that decision off of? And so you you determine the end goal. Well, you know maybe they say, well, we just want people to get to know us.
0: Okay, you know? yeah, and
1: that's that's their strategy, but that's actually not really a strategy. Yeah,
0: that's more of a goal, I would say. Yeah. not, not yeah. a not a strategy yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so you're talking about like the, you know, discovery. Who are you? Who are you trying to reach? How are you going to do that? What? Where are you gonna? Are you gonna have a website? What social media platforms are you gonna use? That kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I would say that's that's big picture strategy. And then you can break that into design and content. Yeah. Does that make sense? So you have big picture, then design and content. And then under content, you have all the copywriting.
0: Yeah. So basically, the difference is, is like the copywriter fills in all of those gaps. Yeah, that exactly. you would have yeah. on whatever the content strategist says is a gap. Like here's yes. a field, fill this out, and the copywriter goes and fills it out. You know, so exactly. so there's
1: and if you do both, then you have conversations with yourself.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <day> exactly. <laughs> and and I found myself in that situation a couple of times. You know, just like uh, what would I do? I don't know. What should I do? How about you write yeah. this? Sounds good. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> But I do that anyway because I'm a crazy person. So uh, that, that's good. Thank you for de- delineating that because I think that's really confusing. And when churches get into talking to agencies or, or whatever to help them rebrand or mm-hmm. redo their website or whatever they're, they're wanting to do, you know, you bring people in like you that are content strategists and they start asking those questions. And sometimes I've been a part of this a couple of times in churches, and one of the times I remember... As a staff, some of our leadership were, were like, we're going to go back and tell them, here's what we want them to say. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, okay, I get this is our church. However, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's there's something there's a reason we're paying them.
1: The important thing to communicate to the church um, as a strategist or as someone who's, who thinks that their church needs a content strategy or a communication strategy Is that, you know, we're on your team. We're on the same team. We both believe that the glory of God needs to be made known in your community, in your neighborhood, and that the church is, you know, the chosen vessel for that to happen. You know, we're the hands and feet of God. So we we have the same starting point. And the biggest thing for churches—actually, there's a couple of big things. One of the biggest things for them to jump through a loop—a hoop, sorry, rather, we make them jump through is, is something called—my uh, boss calls the everyone dilemma. And we, and this is very uncomfortable for them when we ask this. We say, who are you trying to reach? Oh, man. And they, and they, they say, say, everyone. Everyone.
0: Everyone. Yes. And,
1: and we say, okay, so when's your, uh, when's your Spanish service? When's your service in Spanish? And most of the time, you know, we'll ask them a different question because we do research. <laughs> yes. Most of the time they're stumped and it's like, you are not trying to reach everyone. So who is your neighbor? Who's mm-hmm. in your neighborhood? And that they just, sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it's instantaneous and it, and we say, you need to know who you're talking to, um, because that's, that's who you're best equipped to reach. Right. Uh, and it's not, it's not talking about mission Isn't international missions or local missions. We're talking about who is going to see you in the community, who's going to interact with people who go to your church, who's going to be curious about your church and what you're doing. Um, who's going to do searches for local things happening in your city and happen to find your church hosting an event online. That is your, that's who you're reaching. And so it's helping them figure out what kind of person that is and how to talk to that person in a way that doesn't deviate from their beliefs, but also embraces the certain truths about the reality of 2016 yeah. <laughs> about culture and about people who are, um, reached, but not in church and about people who don't even have the same beliefs that we do.
0: And that's, that's a really great point. I think it, what I see content strategists or, or companies that come in and do, it, it just brings a real good focus to the church where it might mm-hmm. not be super focused. I know I've been in churches where we have just a ton of ministries and none of them are really functioning well and nobody has any money and mm-hmm. nobody has enough uh, volunteer support. And we're constantly are, are just pumping our people for more and more help, more and more money. Yeah. And and man, if we just focused on the things we can do well and, and kind of prioritize some of yeah. those ministries would go away, Yeah. but That's, we would you know, be able to do more, you know, and I see that yeah. as a, a basic need of the church that I think companies like yours and you know are, are really helping to to meet.
1: Right. Yeah, that's that's a big thing too. And that's kind of communication strategy. Um content is the way that it gets exercised. Right. But you know, the other thing we see a lot is that is that churches can't say no. Someone has an idea and they say, yeah, we want to do that. Yeah, we want to have, you know, a high school program in our church, but we only have two high schoolers and no one to lead. I mean, yeah. sure, There, you know, of course there's times where you pray and God provides, and we're not, you know, I think the important thing to understand for those clients of ours that we're not excluding those things. Like, we start every meeting with prayer, but, you know, you have to— you have to work with what you have and the people that God has equipped you with too.
0: Right. It's the story of the talents. I mean, mm-hmm. God gives you two talents, one, five talents,
1: whatever, <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, you, you work with that and you make it into yeah. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't just wish you had five talents or have five and only use four or whatever, right. you know, it's just not right. That's not pleasing. So yeah. I, I, I totally get that. Um, I want to, I want to shift to a, the writing side of things because mm-hmm. I, I see this as such a broad area in the church that, I never hear about is writing, you know, and it's like on every job description, like must have great oral and written communications. But mm-hmm. and then it's like, we're kind of put up with whatever you write. doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, um, how important is writing and where do you see churches really struggling in ministry with that?
1: Oh man. Um, definitely on their website. That's a yeah. big struggle. Um, Definitely, in any any anything else that gets printed and handed out, um, I what I what I see most most commonly is just information overload. There's no one there who has the position, you know, that's been blessed or allowed by whoever the main decision maker is to say this. Run all communication, all anything written through this one person and that one person can trim any fat (laughs) say, right. We don't need that. It's online. Um, you know, it also depends on the church. Like the church I go to is really, really, really tiny. And my husband and I are probably the youngest people by about 30 years. So it's going to be very different from a lot of other, you know, contemporary non-denominational churches. So, it's, it's really tough to see that there isn't anyone who can kind of control that, that communication because a lot of big churches, you know, we were just talking about, a lot of churches have lots of programs, they're starting new things, and there's so much information and things that have to happen for each project or each ministry or each event that there isn't any process, there isn't any system in place to make sure that all of that runs smoothly.
0: Yeah. And, um, and honestly, I would look at a, like a church bulletin or a mm-hmm. website and, and the flag for me is if your website or your bulletin is just incredible text heavy, mm-hmm. that is a lack of writing skill. Yeah. You know, when you have, when you have to yeah. just throw everything you got at them, it, it's like, there's okay, you <laughs> could, part of writing is editing and it's like, there's no editor behind this whole bulletin. Exactly. Know? Yeah.
1: It's, um, bulletins, you know, I, I'm, I have, I show no mercy. <laughs> Good. I'm like, do you need a bulletin? Do uh-huh. you need a bulletin? That that's the question. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people just say, yeah, well, we've had a bulletin forever. And it's like, well, do you have any valuable information in the bulletin that's being consumed by, by people? Is it relevant to them? Is it, you know, is it, is there something interesting on there that's gonna, they're gonna read or are they just gonna throw it away or recycle it? Hopefully. You know, and is that a cost that you can that you can somehow transfer into something else? You know, right. what else could you do with your bulletin? I think a lot of it too is is saying you can take this information and you can be creative with it. And I think that's what's tricky too with the writing part, is that when we work with them, we help them develop a language. Yeah. You know. That's
0: that's that's a good point too. I think you know <laughs> there's a lot of churches and people just in general and businesses who don't really think that the vocabulary and the way you say things really matters that much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Hey, go be yourself, you know, go be yourself. And I'm like, okay, well, sure. I can be myself <laughs> and I, and I am being myself, but I'm also representing something. Mm-hmm. And so I know that when I stand in front of a group of people, if I'm going to speak or give a presentation of any kind, I'm going to, I'm going to go up there and like, basketball shorts, you know, and, You know, it's like, I'm going to dress a little nicer. Do I like dressing that way? Absolutely not. I would rather wear the basketball shorts, but it's just how I'm going to present myself to this crowd. And I think that when you, you, you add that strategy into what we're writing and, mm-hmm. and get it on the same page, it's basically dressing your church for the occasion of actually talking to someone who doesn't go there.
1: Right.
0: And I think that's that's what I see the value in this content strategy because you hit on the, the writing itself, but then immediately you were talking about the strategy of the writing. And so I don't see those two as being really easily separated. And if you're going to write it's something, difficult.
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult to separate them. Uh, if you're strategy minded, I think you are strategy minded. I'm strategy minded, but not everyone who writes is right. They just will focus on, I'm going to write the best bulletin I've ever written, ever, ever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, that, and, <laughs> and they might. And that's great.
0: And, and that's but, why I think at mm-hmm. the top, there's got to be someone saying, okay, who should be doing this? Yeah. You know, is there why? It, is yeah. the former church secretary, because this happens a lot. You know, the former church secretary becomes the communications director. That doesn't necessarily translate to all of this. Maybe they're great admin. Maybe they're great with logistics. Maybe they're great with, you know, Mm -hmm. just putting something together, but that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily their gift, you know, you know, and so it could be, but maybe it's not, you know, and so what I'm saying is just having a person that can actually go and say, yes, we could put all this stuff there and I can actually physically print a bulletin, make it happen. Mm -hmm. But we need someone there that's actually going, what should be there? Right. What is, that's the strategy. And so yeah. you can find a great writer, but if there's no strategy, it's, it's all over the place. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that strategy is the biggest issue in email as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Cause I get a lot of, uh, sometimes I sign up just to sign up so I can see what they do and learn things.
1: Mm-hmm. But, uh,
0: so if I'm on your church email list, you know, don't, I'm not, probably not there, you know, <laughs> I'll just go to one place. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, the one I get sometimes from some of these churches and some big churches, it's mm-hmm. just a ton of text and a lot of stuff that I'm just not going to read.
1: Yeah. And it's the information overload.
0: Overload, overload, yeah. overload. And and some of them send me, like, they make this little printout yeah. that has, like, a picture for an, an event announcement. And all it is is basically a, a digital billboard. And so they, they take that that page that has, hey, it's our fall festival. It's at, you know, 10 o'clock, till 10 o'clock or whatever. And who has a fall fest at 10 o'clock? I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so fall oh, they're
0: very late it's like an adult <laughs> fall fest so um anyway they 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 send all this out and it kind of rearranges it real weird in mobile and i can tell they haven't thought through mobile yeah it's very frustrating to watch you know
1: to yeah, get, get all that gosh just mass emails i mean the other thing too is that if you haven't determined an audience for your church or you haven't really identified who your neighbor is and who you're trying to reach. And usually church emails are, are people who put their name down. Right. So they are people who are already in the church. Right. When I was, um, when I was out of college and single and going to church and got church emails, none of it had anything to do with me. I didn't have a family, I didn't have kids, I didn't care about kid events and all the events were for families with kids yep. and youth and you know maybe at the at the very bottom there was a marriage conference and a men's retreat.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know it's there's you know, a way to there's a way to segment those emails, but most churches don't have to do that.
1: Right. You know, and that would be if they insisted on keeping their mass emails, I would say you have to segment.
0: Yeah. And and that's, that's a, that's an int- whole different animal altogether. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, it's so complicated to me. I've I've tried to learn how to do that. I, I have an email list as well. And you know, when I send out those emails every week I, I, at first I was just sending out like, Hey, here's the blog for the week. Here's the podcast, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm like, there's gotta be something more valuable to it. So now my emails are very little to do. They're ridiculous. I, I pulled together <laughs> all the funny stories I find during the week and
1: Oh, that's good. And just
0: kind of, I don't know if you read The Hustle, but I try to write a little bit, like a little tongue-in-cheek and try to make them <laughs> funny and something worth reading. You know, hopefully they look yeah. forward to them. I don't know if they do. There's no way to really tell because nobody ever emails you back. But, um, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it seems to be okay. Nobody's dropping, you know, off the list. And then it, And then at the end, it's like, oh, and by the way, here's the blog. So. That's good. That, I think that's
1: I, a good a good strategy, I yeah, mean, at least you're having fun,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was thinking like what's in it for them? I mean, if they're gonna get this email every week, I want them mm-hmm. to want this email, yeah, and if it's just a Very constant true. reminder, go read the blog, go read the blog, go read the blog that just gets old, it's the same message over and over and if it's if your church's message is here's our events, here's our events, here's our events, mm-hmm. it's the same thing it just uh
1: yeah, one of our <laughs> most successful email campaigns that we do is for um um the free photo site called saltful for churches
0: yeah i use that um,
1: oh good that's great yeah, to hear great. and so i write those emails do you get the email
0: no i didn't know there was a list i haven't signed up
1: you have to go sign up okay. uh, because those are the most fun to write and they are the most successful and we get re- replies people reply to the email
0: <laughs> hey that's awesome
1: <laughs> and it's so much fun when they do i mean they're ridiculous they're usually three or four sentences and it says something like saltful and then a little advertisement for the church communication Slack group. And then, you know, one of the ones that went out recently said something like, uh, did you know, donuts make the best bracelets? <laughs> we'll call it, we'll call it a fashionable snack. Check out new saltful photos today. Careful yeah. not to get sprinkles on your keyboard. Like I pretty much just write whatever random thing comes to my yeah, mind. That's kind of what and I do too. <laughs> that's all it is, And it's, it's our, our best one. Yeah.
0: So. I, I think this week I had an article in there about the iPod turning 15 and, you know, getting <laughs> its learner's permit and no, starting to notice girls and wanting to go, <laughs> you know, wanting to dress ironically <laughs> and meet and be called pod from now on. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> that's really clever. <laughs> so, it, I, I mean, it's just dumb, but anyway, I could go on and on about the ridiculous things I do. Um, <laughs> let's get back to the copywriting and, and writing for a website, um, social platforms and websites. How does how you write on those, like a website or on the, on a social platform, how does that change the way people interact with your, your site or your church?
1: Right. Um, it can, it can, I I don't want to be dramatic and say it can make or break your website <laughs> but. Or, or your post, but it can have very powerful effects. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that's something that everybody kind of already knows about language and the use of words in a written context, that sometimes you can read six words and just be moved by it, and it sits with you all day long. Other times you can read, you know, four or five paragraphs in a book and have no idea what you just read.
0: <laughs> yep, that's that's me quite
1: often. So you essentially have nine seconds on the top half of your page, or what's also Called above the fold, yeah, to inspire them, or convince them, or convert them, depending on your goals. <laughs> yeah, I've
0: actually heard that you have three seconds now.
1: Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, like it's getting
0: way way <laughs> shorter. <tell> <laughs> three seconds.
1: Yeah, because I, I mean, it's, I it's,
0: don't know who was telling me this. Somebody said we we'll flash up a web. Oh no, I heard this on Donald Miller's uh, StoryBrand podcast. He said oh, when he does yeah. all those website reviews and stuff. He says with some of his customers to help them kind of focus in on what they do so people can know what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he pulls up their website and looks at it for three seconds and then closes it and says, here's what I think you do. And he's hardly ever right. <laughs> because, and it's <laughs> not because he's true. bad at it. It's because it's just they're not clear about what they do. Right. And, and so I think that's something to be said about how, you know, one, how little time you really have to grab people when they come into your website
1: exactly but also
0: how important that is to to be good
1: right and i think probably the biggest i haven't done donald millard's um program but i've read some of his stuff and i think maybe one of the separators between how we approach uh content strategy and copywriting or how i approach it and maybe how other people approach it is that every you know i i I look at websites and I'm obviously critical of the writing because that's what I do all day long. (laughs) I can't help it. Um, but almost every website immediately in that top of the fold space talks about who they are, even creative agencies like word revolution, not, we don't do it on our website, but even other creative agencies, that's the first thing they tell you is that we are, you know, a creative group of gurus that will make your dreams come true. You know, maybe not even that. Yeah. But they just tell you who they are. And that's good because you need to know you're in a relevant place for you. But the number one people, well, number one question people are asking when they land on a website is what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. And if you can't answer that question, you can't describe a benefit of your service or product or even church will say, um, and I use benefit lightly yeah. <laughs> for churches. It's, it's not the best word for churches, but I think, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then if you can't describe an immediate benefit for that person, then they're probably not going to stay around.
0: Right. And I think, so, I think you're, yeah. you're getting into the need for learning how to tell story, but even in like short, quick sentences that mm-hmm. they can read really fast. Right. You know, right. What, what are some of those strategies for doing that? that you used to grab Um,
1: them? Well, you need to know, um, you need to, and try to anticipate who they are, what they're looking for. Um, and you do that by creating a persona or avatar. Um, and that pretty much is you focus in on, on one typical individual of your, of your audience. So let's say, um, Let's say you're doing a church, a church website, and they're in a neighborhood that has, they're in a city with tons of uh, married couples with no kids. Um, Some families go there, some older people go there, but their huge audience that they want to reach are these couples that live in the city or singles that live in the city who are kind of into the bar scene or You know, whatever they do, I don't know what they do. (laughs) I would obviously have to research and use my brain a little bit further. Um, You know, you you pick one of those people, you know, based on the evidence of of these kinds of people who are showing up at our church. It's likely male or female. You choose. You have to choose. You can't say—you can't be (laughs) wishy-washy. You choose. You choose an age. You choose a name. You— you know, make educated guesses about their income, their education, their interests, their hobbies, their life challenges, their pains, their desires. And you can find out this information by just talking to the people who maybe look like this who come to your Church. That sounds like really backhanded-style Christian profiling.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> we make those decisions anyway, though. I mean, right. we, when we start— Putting things together we kinda naturally gravitate towards okay, who is gonna get the most people here or well who 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 do we have that would like this? You know, we start thinking about if it would work or if it would be relevant and those are just big vague ways of saying what you're saying. Yeah. Without all the metrics so, and everything else yeah, in
1: there. Exactly. Exactly. So you you really single this person down and they're not real. They can be based off of someone you may know, but they're not real. And so after you do that, you get this picture of who you're talking to. And when you have someone in mind that you're talking to, the way you talk automatically becomes a certain way. You use you use certain words that they use because if they see, you know, it's like if you see something that you just said, it, you, it catches your eye, and you're like, I just said that, yeah. or that's so I totally get it. You know, you kind of have that aha moment inside. So that's where you automatically start to tailor your writing to. Their language and what they're looking for and their pains, and so how you translate that into a church website is maybe this is hard because I'm doing it off the top of my head, but you know, maybe maybe the pain is that uh, they're they're married, but maybe they feel like they're out of place because they they have they don't have a family, they don't have kids. Oh yeah, um, you know,
0: that's actually a really common one.
1: Yeah, they're older. I mean, maybe they have fertility issues, maybe they just like their careers, maybe they're just scared of having kids. You know, if that's what this church is if that's who this church is trying to reach, you know, maybe maybe what they say in that fold is, you know, welcome home. Or, you know, your home is here. Or um that kind of thing. Right. You know, like this is or or you can be our family or we are your family. Right. Something like that.
0: Something to the effect of, you know, you've been ostracized as not having a quote family, mm-hmm. but you actually do. And you have one here and this exactly. be, come and belong. So basically right. like, you can belong here, you know, mm-hmm. yep, or, or that's you, exactly you, it. you belong and and with us, you know, our family. Yeah,
1: yep, That that's sounded too,
0: exactly. you know, little girls in the shining. <laughs> <you know?
1: laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, it doesn't even really have to be, um, a huge thought, you know, I would stay away from anything that sounds um, too biblical <laughs> if that makes sense, uh, because odds are they may have not read a specific chapter in the Bible that you pull from, which is okay. Um, but the the goal is to use their language. That's the goal, right. and the goal is to talk about them
0: and, and recently in in our church communications facebook group there was a discussion about using like the word fellowship mm-hmm. and why we shouldn't use the word fellowship and i think you can if you explain it but honestly it's just not part of the regular person's vocabulary
1: it's, and yeah, so it's was like
0: it's hey not. man let's get. there's a great video let's just get together and fellowship you know nobody says <laughs> that and if they do everyone kind of turns and looks at them like what what are we going to do what's
1: fellowship <laughs> who's, who's bringing the
0: guitar yeah guitar
1: okay.
0: <laughs> you know casseroles
1: yeah, uh, he's, he's what is got that? The guitar and food.
0: And, yeah. and, and for people who have grown up in the church or, you know, understand that, that word fellowship holds so much rich meaning. Mm-hmm. And so we can still value that, but maybe talk about it different. Like instead of saying, let's fellowship, it would be like, hey, let's hang out. Or, hey, let's get together and eat. Or we'd love to have you over for the evening. Uh, let's spend some time together. You know, all these mm-hmm. different things explain in regular vernacular what we're doing. Mm-hmm. and still hold that value of fellowship and i think that's what you're trying to say the the you know the 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 way we talk about things you know to certain people it changes you know mm-hmm. if i was talking to a guy wearing like a choir looking robe who's maybe very high church liturgical you know mm-hmm. i i can feel free to use words like fellowship and yeah and, 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 and uh, I can't remember any other seminary words right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: okay. I Yeah. Fill in, in the right. blank there, everybody. Right. And that's that's kind of tough for churches to do. It's like we have to remain true to who we are. And it's like, yes, yep, you should. But you also need to talk to the people that you are trying to reach, yeah, the when people that you want to come to their your church so you can show them the love of Christ and you can show them you know, how their lives can change. And I think the other important fact is that, you know, Jesus didn't necessarily distinguish between religious and secular. No, he didn't. And we don't have to either. (laughs) Yeah, I I (laughs) totally agree. Yeah, and as long as you're speaking to them where they are and you're speaking with clarity, then I think think you'll be okay. So
0: get to know who you're talking to Mm -hmm. and, and try to say it in the way that they would say it. And, mm-hmm. and address those pain points. Right. Uh, address what's in it for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to add to like how you would go about some of these t- tips and tricks, I guess, to good content strategy, copywriting for a church?
1: Um, your, your website is not for your members.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. There, there might be a section called calendar that can be.
1: Yeah. Put it in the footer.
0: but the front page is not (laughs) for your members. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us why that is.
1: Um, your members already know, like they already know the deal. They already know what's what they already know what to expect. Um, hopefully they already know your mission and your statement of faith. They know where to park. They know where to take their kids. Uh, they know where to register for an event and, uh, they're familiar you don't need to talk to people who already know everything about you. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's it, just a, it's just a waste of space.
0: And, and at least not on the front page. I mean, on the right. all, you can have I mean, pages like women's ministry, men's ministry, put those announcements mm-hmm. there, you know, student exactly. ministry, all that, and put it on the right. website. Sure. Sign yeah. up people for camp out there, whatever. Yeah. But on your front page, who are you trying to reach is the number one question, right?
1: Right. And, and, and you, all, right. you need to talk to them like they've never been to your church before. Yeah. you need to give them directions right away at the top you need to say what time and what days
0: yeah and i know we started talking about writing but this is how strategy and writing go hand in hand i mean
1: correct it's, yeah.
0: it's not, we're not talking about how to build a website we're talking mm-hmm. about what should be there and that is the content strategy what is the content Strategy yeah. that no, we're going to true. use.
1: I yeah. don't even know because I just do it. But yeah. you're right. It, com-
0: it comes so natural. <laughs> and, and I know that people listening, because even I have kind of, even in the course of talking, I'm like, wait, are we are we getting into this other thing? i like, well, we kind of have to. <laughs> you sorry. know, it's like it's connected. No, it's connected. Yeah. That's, that's what's really great that's... is that the content strategy it employs so many different things that we're used to compartmentalizing that we just mm-hmm. honestly can't because mm-hmm. it all goes together. Where can people go to help find, because I know there's church staff that are like, man, all this sounds great, but I don't know how to do any of this. What are (laughs) just a few quick little resources, places they can go, websites, maybe books or whatever that they could use to help get better with content strategy or even copywriting?
1: Um, The two that helped me the most with uh, copywriting when I got started was Copyblogger and Copyhackers. Those are websites, right? a lot of that is going to be oriented towards business to business sales or business to customer sales or services or anything like that. But the foundation of learning how to write with an audience in mind is, is there. Um, I haven't found anything on content strategy. There's a content marketing Institute. Um, and they have some good resources, but, the strategy kind of comes in, in, uh, in just understanding the goal of each page of your website, and then how to achieve that goal through content, and then how to achieve it through design. Yeah,
0: I, I would. I'll, I'll add a book in there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Kim Myers, "Less Clutter, Less Noise," is a great mm-hmm. place to start too, especially in the uh, writing, copywriting, content strategy sessions. Mm-hmm. I've looked at those websites as well. Those have been very helpful. In fact, they give me like acronyms to help, you know, formulas to write with. And yeah. I mean, it is so helpful. How to, here's how to write a headline. Here's how to write a blog. Here's how to write um, the blurb underneath the headline that she just wrote. Here's how to write a Facebook ad. I mean, there's just so yeah. much on those two websites alone.
1: Yeah. And I think that the truth is, if you're already kind of in the communications area of your church, you'll start to realize that you know more than you think you know. In terms of who your who your audience is yeah. or who you're trying to reach, and that stuff I, I really feel confident will just bubble up as you start to kind of comb through these resources and and learn to ask the questions that they tell you to ask when you write. Yeah. So,
0: Marguerite, thank you so much. This has been just really, really helpful, important. Uh, points that you've made and just helps, helps us to kind of gain some clarity on what this stuff is and what we should be doing. Cause honestly, I don't, I don't remember talking about this when on a church staff in seminary, we didn't talk about this. I mean, we, I had one writing class in seminary, but if you don't take that class, it's kind of like you're stuck with Turabian, you know, so that's your writing style. And, and that shows in our emails and our bulletins and all that, cause you have these seminary grads or even undergraduate degree. That's the writing we're used to doing. We come Mm. out of college. We've done research papers, so we write research papers for everything we do from here on out. Yeah, Uh, and it's don't
1: treat your website like a research paper. And
0: that's the that's the tweetable moment of this podcast. Feel free to share that. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much for being here. We're going to wrap up, but I got one more thing I want to do with you. Sure. Uh, It's time for five on the spot. Are you ready?
1: Yeah,
0: I'm five. ready. All right. This is where I ask our guests five random questions they have not seen beforehand or talked about, and they will have to answer in shotgun format on the fly, on the spot. So here are five questions. Here you go, Margarita. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. I feel like I'm playing Jeopardy. You are okay. playing
0: Jeopardy, only yeah. I'm asking the questions you're giving the oh. answers. All right. Question number one. What is the best way to ward off a bear attack?
1: Oh, that's, that's a really interesting question. Um, I guess. There's, I know a lot about this, so I'm going to try and make a really simple simple answer. Yeah, I actually used to lead backpacking trips in college.
0: <laughs> I thought you were about to tell me I used to fight bears.
1: No, that, that's <laughs> way cooler. Um, no, the best way to ward off a bear attack when you're in the woods is just to make a lot of noise. Yeah, really? um, so
0: that's really I, the way to do it.
1: Yep, a lot of people attach bells to their backpacks or bells to their dogs or just talk. Um which actually kind of, you don't want to be like super loud, but you just need to be loud enough. Usually, normal conversation is enough um, just to keep bears and other creatures away that you don't want stump- to stumble across. Yeah.
0: That is very interesting. Thank you for that. You've just saved <laughs> yeah. millions of lives.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Not that many people listen. So, what is the question two? What is the worst product you've ever had to write copy for?
1: Oh, no. Um,
0: you don't have to tell me the company, but just what did you write for?
1: Probably everything dental related. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another new way to cure your cavities using lasers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool, though. You shoot lasers <laughs> in your mouth and it and it doesn't hurt. That's cool.
1: Oh, it's not cool after you've already written like seven of them. <laughs>
0: Laser dentistry is the future of the, of the industry.
1: It totally is. Get a light show and get your feet, your teeth, your teeth fixed at the same time. It's like you
0: lay back in the chair and all of a sudden the lights go out and pshh. What's yeah. all this, where's all this smoke coming from? Oh, that's the <laughs> hazer. You're about to see a show.
1: Get ready. <laughs> that's great. Now
0: here's some laughing gas to make it even better. Oh man. Number three, if you had been framed for a crime, where would you run to first?
1: Oh man, I guess that depends on like the severity of the crime. I mean, if I could just like hop in my car and scoot off, (laughs) you'd be like, where would I go? Yeah. Theoretically, um, I would probably just go find my husband and be like, I think I did something wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So now police can come back to this podcast and use it as evidence.
1: I know if I'm going down, you're going down with me. Let's just, you know, for better or for worse, here we go.
0: (laughs) All right. Good. Question four. Besides Oprah Winfrey, who do you look to for inspiration?
1: <laughs> uh, Oprah, Oprah's my jam. Um, if she gives me a car, uh, I'll be inspired.
0: Yeah, I could be persuaded to be friends.
1: Um, let's see. But then I'd have to
0: tell her to quit talking because everything's kind of weird coming out of her mouth.
1: Yeah, that's true. Sorry, uh, Oprah
0: fan. Sorry. Telling it like it is.
1: I know. I, I listen to a couple podcasts that I really love. Um, and I've been investigating kind of a life of, uh, minimal, minimalism and essentialism over the past, about two years. So I follow the minimalists a lot, um, online and their podcasts and on Twitter. Um, and then no one really talks about it yet. Maybe I'll be the first, but it's, and I'm not, I'm not, this is not a probably not an original idea, but moving that into kind of a biblical point of view as far as living on enough and determining what's enough and kind of this idea of the Jesus economy. So,
0: I think a pastor did that once, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Dress up, yeah. as, Dress up <laughs> as Jesus and walk around living like a. I think he wrote a book about it. Uh, oh, about wow. living like a first century
1: Jew. Um, oh, I don't know if like I that. want to do that. That wasn't a really great life for a woman. Yeah. No, no it was not. not super great. But no. those, those guys are definitely inspiring. Um, let's see. I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what I need inspiration for. I can't really give short and succinct answers to your questions, except for the bear. That was technical. Oh, no problem.
0: <laughs> These are not really meant to be. You know, life changing <laughs> answers anyway. All right. Number five. And I told you, I, I promised you I wouldn't get political, but I have to break that promise on this question.
1: Oh, you may, you may lose some, some listeners. <laughs> I
0: might. Here it is. All right. Here's my super political question. On November 9th, mm-hmm. the day after the election,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what are you going to have for breakfast? <laughs> what am I going to have for breakfast?
1: Um, probably overnight oats with yogurt and berries and a little bit of
0: honey. That sounds like an excellent breakfast for the day that we probably just had. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> You're right. Yeah, oatmeal is good. It sticks to your bones.
0: Yeah, that's, that's five that's on the spot. That was pretty painless, right? I don't know. Just, just <laughs> no. what my mom said. Worst worst thing ever you've ever had to go through. All right. Well, Marguerite, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I think we got so much good stuff here. I'm gonna have a hard time cutting any of it out. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. We're back in two weeks we we'll